Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Metavertising Podcast, your podcast about metaverse, marketing, and related trends in the tech industry. I'm your host, Eli Santos, marketing specialist and founder of the marketing agency called Augmentric. And this podcast is all about exploring the metaverse and the possibilities of it with people that are at the core of its development and of course how marketing is going to be related with everything and today i'm very excited to welcome diedrich diedrich say hi to everyone hey everyone it's nice to be here so uh diedrich boyd is the ceo of TechSpark. They're a consulting company that is specialized in e-commerce and immersive experiences. So he's going to have some outstanding insights for us today. So Diedrich, without further ado, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and especially your background and career in general. And then we're going to move to today's main topics. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me, Eli. Um, my background is in e-commerce, as we all know. So I got my start in uh, e-commerce or all things that have carts and products back in late 99, um, around 2000s with Arthur Anderson. And it's kind of funny how my career has unfolded itself. So when I got started, I worked in B2B um, marketplaces. And then I ended up doing some work in e-procurement systems, which is kind of a, a strange way to, to think about buying things. And um, that was about eight to 10 years of my career. And then I moved out to Portland, which is where I'm currently located in Portland, Oregon. Then I started working on B2B e-commerce sites and then eventually B2C. So that's about 22, 23 years of nothing but carts, products, line items, uh, checkout, you know, pricing lists, catalogs. So it's, it's, it's just a funny thing. I don't know how I got here, but this is where I am and I love it. So <laughs> I'm really excited for what's going to come here in the future um, as, as we look at the metaverse and immersive experiences and, and getting into 3D, um, you know, digital products and stuff like that. So awesome. Awesome. It's nice to know that we have uh, literally uh, an e-commerce expert here in the conversation today. <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. All right. Excellent. Okay. So, um, so as usual, like in these first few episodes, we're uh, mostly exploring the metaverse, right? Because uh, since the metaverse is still being developed and there's a lot of companies and a lot of people that are working towards developing this huge thing that is going to be the metaverse, um, we're going to explore a lot today. So we're going to start that by talking about the immersive experiences that you guys are doing at TechSpark and that you mentioned. Uh, so, so just just so we can get started with the right foot, what are immersive experiences? How would you define that? So immersive experiences to me are experiences where you get back to being human, where you can experience things together, you can laugh and joke and you know have fun with your friends and your loved ones alike. Today, when we're online, we're in these bubbles, right? Where you're all by yourself and not with anyone that you care to be with most of the time. It's just all a bunch of noise. So when we talk about immersive experiences, there are twofold, there are either you're online and you're being able to see and move around in environments, kind of like you would in real life, or if you're in real life, walking around a physical place, a store, and then all of a sudden the digital is very present. So you have moving imagery, you have something that looks 3D, holograms, things like that. So it kind of pulls you into a, a made up world or a different universe. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Because my next question would actually be, what does it have to do with the metaverse? So I think you made it very clear, right? Uh, I think it's like kind of a... Because when, when, when we talk about immersive experiences, for me, what I instantly think of is basically like, um, you know, related with the metaverse in this case, it, it makes me think of like uh, an e like a, a store, a digital store of some sorts, you know, like something that you just walk into in the metaverse as if it was a physical store. But it's not just that, right? It's also uh, immersive experiences that we're going to have in the real world, right? Absolutely. So that's where you get into what people are terming digital. So the blending of physical and digital. There are a couple of brands that are, I think, are on the leading edge right now, doing some really interesting things. If you look at some of the coach stores over in China, 
Um, they're doing some really interesting things with pulling in a lot of digital assets into physical spaces to create those more, create those immersive experiences while you're roaming around in a physical place. Um, I believe Gucci is also doing uh, some of that work. So they're kind of leading the, the edge right now. That's awesome. And also, like, uh, I remember the other day I saw uh, the the Facebook Connect event and they talked a lot about, I, I think I even sent you one of the videos that I saw, right? Which was basically a video where they were exploring the possibilities for uh, e-commerce and how certain brands, you know, especially beauty brands, are uh, exploring that, that, that space and how Facebook is enabling them. And now, not, not Facebook anymore, right? Now it's Meta. Uh, how they are enabling them to explore, you know, e-commerce and explore these digital experiences. And as you mentioned, like uh, Gucci and other brands. So it's definitely very interesting to, to see what is unfolding for, for the metaverse, for, you know, in both immersive experiences, but also for e-commerce. And I think this brings us to my next uh, question, my next question slash topic, which will be digital fashion, right? When we're talking about e-commerce, when we're talking about immersive experiences, you already named, you know, you already mentioned uh, Gucci. And so I think it has everything to do with digital fashion. We're seeing a lot of movement in that space lately. A lot of brands making, you know, their first uh, versions of like maybe their digital sneakers like Nike did or maybe, I don't know, like uh, digital clothing and for your avatar and whatnot. So what what is the, the, the connection between digital fashion and immersive experiences? And I would love to see what you have to say about that. Sure. Well, I think digital fashion has created an opportunity for, for millions of passionate creators to show their brilliance on a platform that you typically don't have access to, right? It can be global overnight. So um, this new era is going to be sustainable. It's going to be fashion for, and it actually is critical to the evolution of the metaverse. So when you go into the metaverse, you know, you need to have a representation of your yourself, who you are, your digital, you know, self. You have to dress yourself. Um, obviously, when we first get started, people will create cre um, people will create avatars and they'll be dressed already. But I think there's a big appetite for personalization of who you are and what your avatar looks like. Doesn't even have to be human. It could be, you know, our our idea of what an alien could look like or a dinosaur, but you might have on a fresh pair of Nikes, <laughs> right? You could be a dinosaur wearing um, the latest, you know, Jordans. And so I think there's a huge opportunity here and those digital garments are gonna be absolutely critical. They're gonna be developed by um, people who understand pattern making and material selection. And then they have to blend that physical knowledge with digital skills. So we're also gonna see a huge ramp up of talent, of jobs and a, and a thirst and a, you know, just, we're gonna see a huge appetite for these, um, these animations and for these clothing items to be used in what's gonna be the metaverse. Yeah, and that's that's really cool that uh, we got into this topic, right? Just the other day, I saw that. And I'm not sure if you know or, or if any anyone that is listening knows the DJ uh, Dead Mouse Five or Dead Mouse. Uh, yeah. It's a it, he's a very like very well known DJ. Uh, he's an American DJ, and basically he wears like this big round mask that represents a mouse, right? Um, and so lately, I, I think it was yesterday or maybe uh, or maybe the day before that, I, I don't really recall, but he released a series of 5,000 NFTs that are basically just helmets that just uh, replicate the like the, the original dead mouse helmet that he uses when he's, he's playing, right? When he's DJing. And so he released these as NFTs which means that, you know, like if I have one, I am the only one that has it and like I can collect it. And he said that those are ready to be used in metaverse spaces. He already has the integration. So you can see someone using a dead mouse, you know, helmet in whatever metaverse that you're exploring. Let's say you're in the sandbox or maybe 
eventually you're in Fortnite and they develop this kind of integration and you can use like your avatar can have like, because uh, when we're talking about NFTs, like a lot of people think that because NFTs uh, nowadays are being widely used to make money, right? You, you buy an NFT and then you sell it for a higher price, but you can actually use those to express yourself, right? So I think that's really interesting. I, I, I think you're, you're spot on. So, you know, looking at Dead Mouse and, and the helmets, that's the whole point. These digital garments can be applied to either social media photos, right, as skins, if you will, or they can be, you know, real, realistically proportioned to go over an avatar. It could be a clothing item for a digital fashion show. It could be virtual try-on, which is a big topic um, in the retail space. It, no matter what, it's gonna we're gonna have an explosion of creative talent that's gonna be pushed to the forefront, um, you know, for this next evolution. And I would love to see more integration. This future of the metaverse is going to be about meta uh, sorry this future of the metaverse is going to be about integration all of these companies um friends and foes alike <laughs> competitors and, and and supporting companies they're all going to have to figure out how to work together it's way too big for one company to own it or try to say they have the whole solution that's not going to be the case um, things expand exponentially faster and faster every single day. And so they're all gonna have to figure out how to work together. So we're gonna have virtual closets, right? Put all your clothes in here. And then this particular metaverse experience or this meta space experience is gonna have to hook up to someone who has a virtual closet. You don't have to build that inside of your space because someone else already has that solution. So here's your avatar, pick from your closet, dress it, display it. It's really simple. Um, but I think people trying to, or those who wanna control everything are gonna to find themselves in a bit of a log jam because it expands really fast um, and it's really big. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, uh, mentioning again the Facebook Connect event or maybe Meta Connect, um, they talked a lot about integration and like kind of interoperability, right? The fact that you're going to have, like, if you want to develop something for the metaverse, if you want to do something in there, you're going to have to be able to integrate with the other technologies. And I think uh, in the past, one of the things that I find the most amazing when you think about that is that in the past, you would never be able to see, for example, Tor and like the Wonder Woman in the same place in the same scenario, right? Interacting with each other. But nowadays you can see that on Fortnite. And like, for example, this, I think it was this week or maybe it was the last week, they released a new set of skins for uh, Naruto uh, uh, characters. And I was like, they already have like pretty much everyone in there, every popular character that you can think of, they already have in there. So I think that's a perfect representation of what you're, what you're saying right now of like being able to have all of those things in one environment and how how amazing this really is because in the past this would be impossible due to copywriting issues and whatnot you know like it would be impossible like you would not be able to see that and nowadays it's possible like fortnite is a perfect example for that and i think it connects like very directly to what you're saying right now I fully agree. Um, it, it's it's quite funny. Back in, I believe it was November 2018, I was at Dreamforce uh, and Mark Benihoff, uh, the CEO of Salesforce, was talking. He, he said something that was quite interesting to me at the time. I didn't quite, I mean, I understood it. I didn't know where it was going, but I was like, absolutely. <laughs> and he said that the, the next few years are all, the next few years are going to be about putting in place a set of standards that allow um, giant businesses and small businesses alike to communicate flawlessly with each other. Whether that is um, adding to cart or definition of a product or product details or um, you know a user detail right from a CRM perspective, we are gonna have to come up with a set of standards that allows us to connect with each other and connect systems to each other. And that's just what that's just where we're going. And so 
you know, fast forward to 2021 and we're looking at the metaverse and, and he was exactly right. We're going to have to learn how to play nicely with each other and sometimes with competitors, right? We, we're not going to get rid of, um, you know, our internal thought leadership or anything like that, but we're going to have to figure out how to play nicely with each other um, as, as we go forward. Because like you said, it's just, it's so big. It's going to go so fast. There's so many things that we can do. No one's going to be able to control it or hold it to themselves. If they do, they're going to get buried. Definitely. And and this makes me think of like, uh, when you look at the internet, how we have it today, like we're basically just endlessly, you know, kind of consuming throughout timelines and whatnot. But like there was a person or maybe there was a company in the past that came up with like the, the JPEG standard or the, the GIF slash GIF or, or how, however you want to call it. Right. There was like Microsoft that said that there was going to be a standard called DOC. Uh, w, WAV, right? So I think it's the exact same concept applied to the future, right? To, to what we're about to see that is being developed right now. I think it's, in my, from my standpoint, is a perfect example. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we've already seen some standards for for 3D graphics. Um, and again, uh, this is outside of my purview because I'm not a digital designer or creator, but um, a .obj file, there are several others, but .obj's from what I'm hearing and seeing, I think that's gonna become one of the de facto standards for a 3D version of a thing, whatever it is. I assume we will also have a standard of what an avatar is and then the movements that that avatar can make, right? And then the mesh points and all that good stuff. We will probably have a set of standards and everyone who wants to, you know, have their avatar in environment one, two, or three, put it in this format and then poof, it can be in there and you can just control it and walk around. And if you want to run, jump, squat, you know, you want to do, um, uh, what's the guy's name from uh, Jamaica, the sprinter, I really like that guy, Usain Bolt. If you want to do the Usain Bolt pose, right? You know, it's it's just, it has to be that way. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I think one of the things that you already mentioned, and uh, it's our next topic, by the way, that I think it's also very important for us to address is sustainability, right? For both fashion and the metaverse. Um, I mean, there are so many things that we can talk about that when it comes to that specific topic, right? Um, but I think the impact of, you know, uh, sustainability in fashion and like with with like the, the 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 let's say the invention of the development of the metaverse is going to be huge right so i would love to hear from you uh how is it going to be like how how, how do you see sustainability you know in the metaverse also for fashion but maybe in general you know i think that's also uh something that we need to discuss today <laughs> absolutely it is, it's really interesting. Um, the apparel industry counts for 10% of global carbon emissions, just apparel. <laughs> that, that's, that's a lot of emissions for producing clothing. Mo the, the most widely used um, natural fiber is cotton, right? Cotton only grows on 2.4% of cropland, but uses 22.5% of the insecticides worldwide. It's an it's an incredibly thirsty crop that uses a ton of water, <laughs> right? Just just tons and tons of water. It, so we're going to have to make some changes here. And I think where we, we're going to digital fashion and we're going to the metaverse, we're going to see people invest a lot more time and energy up front producing digital garments. Um, we've already seen this on some of the larger accounts. Um, you know, I, I can tell you, you know, Nike, Columbia, all the all of the sports companies are doing a bunch of digital design before they move into the physical samples now. They used to do a ton of samples and produce these things and look at them and then they would throw 90% of them out and then produce the remaining 10. That shift happened probably five to 10 years ago. So they already have some of the skill set in house and they're producing them digitally. Um, and then they're deciding, well, these made the cuts and now let's go ahead and produce these, um, you know, the, the ones that made the cut, let's produce them physically and then put them on the racks and sell them. So I think uh, sustainability is, is has to be 
a, a major goal for fashion. And I think it will help the world because again, if you're not producing um, tons and tons of waste, right, by all the samples that go into producing um, clothing and fast fashion is another big consumer and producer of, of waste, that that will help us you know, make a lot of improvement. Even things like fashion shows in the fashion industry, wouldn't it be interesting, wouldn't it be amazing if we could reduce the footprint of putting on Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week, right? What if we could blend part of it or what if we could blend the physical and digital? So yes, we do have people who walk the, the runways and we do have, you know, lots of people show up, but if we could reduce the number of physical garments produced, right, because you didn't throw them away <laughs> and then blend that with some digital catwalk stuff. Now, some people are looking at that. There are some digital fashion shows that are already taking place, but they're not in the, they're not in a sense of a metaverse. It's a website you go and watch. It's kind of videos and you know, maybe they release videos over two or three days. It's not interactive yet. The, the thing about fashion shows is people love to, to be interactive. We're social beings at our core. I mean, I'm not, I'm a little bit of an introvert. <laughs> Actually, I'm a big time introvert, but we're social beings and people want to, to experience. And when, the, when we bring the metaverse to the forefront, you can have all that interactivity. You can put thousands, millions of people in an environment and let them walk around and talk and, and, and sit and look and make comments. And, you know, you could hear, you know, have a proximity alert. So if someone else is talking, if you enable that, you can hear what that person's saying. They could be on the other side of the planet. They didn't have to fly. Um, the clothes that you're seeing are digitally digitally created. It's an avatar that's walking around that does this, the spins and turns and all that good stuff. Um, so I think there's a, a huge opportunity here. Um, to 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 make a big to make a big change for our environment. Definitely, I think um, when it comes to sustainability, like the we can't deny that the impact is going to be huge, right? Um, and I think this kind of takes me a little to the formats conversation that we were just having. We were just talking about, right? Um, and how like these are kind of the formats of clothing that we have in the digital in the physical world and there's the formats that we're going to have in the digital world and this makes me think like just the other day a little little bit off topic but i saw like uh the the ranking of like the most valuable companies within the metaverse right now or maybe the the, the companies that are having the biggest impact and surprisingly the top one is nvidia so like uh this kind of connects the whole thing right when you you see like you're talking about you know doing uh as you said like fashion shows for for the metaverse and whatnot and uh you know like the formats and everything and we see nvidia being like a key player for that to happen right and uh definitely like when you put everything together as you said like the impact not uh, for, for many things but for sustainability is huge and i would love to mention the balenciaga uh experience that they have put out i think it was late 2020 if i'm not mistaken i think it was in december of 2020 that balenciaga uh they did like this virtual kind of fashion show that it was a very custom experience that it was just uh, you would walk around the city and you would see these models wearing their new products and everything and you could just interact there were even some easter eggs hidden in the scenarios yes. that I, I didn't explore myself I just heard it later but like it was just a cool experience and it, it all finished with like this this kind of electronic music show and mm -hmm. and it was just an amazing experience so think about you know, those experiences like translated to a virtual environment uh, for brands like Balenciaga, as you mentioned, Nike, that they already have kind of the expertise to do that. So, yeah, like it's going to be awesome. Definitely. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Um, I, I would love to get into an environment where I could actually walk around and, and see the clothing on either someone's avatar that's just pre-programmed to move around and, and go through a certain set of movements or where a store associate or an influencer is, is actually wearing it. And then they show you how it works and they tell you about it. Right. And they control and you have a conversation with someone like you would in a store. 
but they could, again, they could be anywhere around the world. Right. And that's, I think that's the beauty. So right now, if you go to um, a store, you have to be in a, a specific city to, to interact with that person in that store. So we are, you know, so you're very limited from a, from a brand perspective. You have to hire a lot of people and you're limited as to the number of touch points those store representatives have. Well, if you do this online, you could have a store representative that might interact with a thousand people because the people are all over the world. So you get a, a real bump up in economy of scale there on internally. But I, I love the idea. I think the, the, the actual metaverse is gonna be phenomenal. It's gonna be bonkers. You're gonna have these worlds that, you know, again, in my mind, I wanna create Cascadia. You know, people, what the heck is Cascadia? I want to create the western part of the U.S. that stretches from Vancouver, B.C. and goes all the way down to San Diego and all the things inside of that. And I want to put in, you know, a Nike store and I want to have Columbia and I want to have Lululemon and I want to have, you know, Nordstrom's and REI and, and all the stuff. And I, I just, you know, totally ignored California, but there's a bunch of stuff down there that I want to put in there. And yes, we're going to include Vegas for all the hotels. But imagine walking around there and being able to go from from kind of hotspot to hotspot and then having a mini quest in there and then having Easter eggs hidden in there. And if there is someone who has um, a concert, I think Adele um, has been in the news lately. What if I popped over to the Hollywood Bowl and we said, hey, we're going to put on a live stream concert from the Hollywood Bowl out of Cascadia, but you got to pay us a dollar to get in if you can't make it to the actual concert. Okay, I'll pay a dollar to, to pop into it on the, you know, on the, in the metaverse and live stream it and watch it and listen to it and put it on my TV. Absolutely, because I couldn't make it to the show. Right. Um, so being able to open up these experiences to people globally is going to be phenomenal. And, um, you know, for, for the folks like, you know, uh, Dolce & Gabbana and those like high high end brands, this also creates a way for you to to put a store in the metaverse, but then have a section of it that is for exclusive customers only. Right. We know luxury brands are all about exclusivity and kind of controlling who and what and, and what their their perfect customer is. You can actually do that in the metaverse in a way that you can't do on a on a flat 2D website. A 2D website is a website like sure you have maybe you can make it make them um, log in, but it, it's still a login. It's not really personal. You can create buzz in a 3D environment where people are walking around um, and, you know, say they walk around a store in the middle of the store. There's this roped off area. And if I haven't logged in or if I've never purchased something or if I have a very low score, it shows like a velvet rope. And, and, I, and there's a staircase, a holographic staircase. I want to. Well, what's there? How do I get that rope to go away? What do I have to do? I walk up to it. It gives me some hints. I can, you know, do the Easter egg. I can follow. I can do a quest to get some points. I can buy some items. And once I hit a certain level, the next time I come in, then there's a guy standing there, but it's open. And I can walk up and he's like, oh yeah, you've reached this level. You can now ascend and go look at some more ex uh, exclusive items that we have only for our select customers. The, the possibilities are absolutely endless. Yeah. And I love how you nailed like the combination between digital and physical experiences as well. Like, mm -hmm. uh, because some people are probably listening and saying, oh, but like, why would I go to the metaverse to explore uh, Cascadia, as you said, when I can actually do that in, re in reality, in the real world? Like, yeah, yeah, you can. But like, it's also about this combination between digital and physical, right? As you said, like, you can just nowadays, you cannot go to a store and like physically in that store end up bumping onto some someone or maybe something that only exists in the digital world. And right. like this, this combination is also going to be present. So I'm definitely, definitely very excited for that. And I think you nailed with your explanation, uh, which brings me to my next question, which I think a lot of people are going to be thinking of, like with this whole thing coming up and this whole like set of experiences coming and, uh, as you said, like the, the, the huge impact that it's going to have for the fashion industry and the apparel industry as a, as a whole, like, I think we're going to have a whole different segment of jobs and demands, a new industry of sorts, you know? And um, my, my question here is, uh, are, are people going to adapt 
or are our companies going to die? Like, what is your opinion on that? <laughs> uh, great question. And I, I think it's, it's like every other evolution, you know, it'll be like every other evolution that we've experienced for industry. There will be those who adapt. There will be some new players who, who jump in and become the next trillion dollar valuations. And, and there will be some that die that, decided, well, we don't want to do it. It's a fad. And, and by the time they dive in, they're going to be too late. So I think you're absolutely right. Some are predicting that we're going to need about 3 billion digital creators to sustain the metaverse. Now think about that number. That is enormous. <laughs> We, we don't have three billion or any billions of clothing designers today or programmers or anything like that. The, the appetite for content is going to be so large because it's such a content rich medium. The, the opportunities for brand storytelling are, are going to be huge. And so we're going to need all these content creators for, for storytelling and for building, um, you know, and for building, you know, small videos or billboards, you know, advertising, things like that. We're gonna need content creators for actually building the digital products. We're gonna need people to build the actual spaces, the metaverse spaces, right? So we, you know, you mentioned NVIDIA earlier, we're working on a POC. And one of our uh, one of our designers developers was having issues because of the the enormous amount of CPU RAM and, and graphics load that building these metaverses takes. Right, so it's no surprise to me that Nvidia was <laughs> number one. Right, building out the GPUs, it, it's it's absolutely um, what we need because the the the. the hmm. It's absolutely what we need because the, re the the call for resources on the computer side, right, it, it, it are so high. And I think there's something else that's playing playing in there too, right? So we talk about um, NVIDIA being there and I think it also has to do with kind of self-driving cars and TAS uh, or tra uh, transportation as a, as a service coming on board. That also has, in my mind, has gonna have a big influence on the metaverse. You're gonna have people sitting in cars or sitting on you know self-driving cars no longer having to pay attention they're going to want to do something they want to be entertained they want to <laughs> explore right it's again it's in our nature to explore so we're going to have to have something for them to do and people are going to demand these types of you know physical and digital experiences and they're going to want to be able to move between them right go you know o to o online offline with ease and and that metaverse is the solution to that Excellent. And I think um, when it comes to, you know, like these, these, this, this whole kind of adapt or die kind of uh, kind of thing that we're talking about. Uh, I remember also like, again, mentioning, I'm not a Facebook fan, by the way, I'm not a meta fan, by the way, <laughs> like in any way, but they are putting out so much either, great content. Yeah, <laughs> they're putting out so much great content about it. And just the other day when, when they were talking about the metaverse, they were also talking how they're willing to reward content creators, you know, and I think that Twitch is a perfect example of how to do that. Also, like we've seen uh, TikTok doing that, you know, Snapchat, uh, now, now Snap, right? Um, like, and I think the metaverse is going to be perfect for creators, right? Because as you said, we're going to demand that. And they they, these people, like, if you offer them an incentive for them to create content, that's even better. So imagine, like, we're entering, we're about to enter, we're kind of, we're already exploring that, but we're about to enter an era of, like, uh, content creation and being rewarded for your content and m being able to make that a living, you know? So imagine right. the amount of content that we're going to see when that happens, you know, in an environment where just everyone is pretty much there you know like or maybe most people were there you know the amount of content that we're gonna have so definitely it, like it's a whole new thing it's a whole new industry so many opportunities absolutely and, and again i think some people say well what do you mean 
all this content. What what content? What does that mean? You're already seeing that. You called out Snap. You called out Twitch. You called out. Uh, I don't know if you, you didn't, probably didn't mention YouTube, um, but you're already seeing it, right? UGC user generated content, Facebook. YouTube, it's already there. There are thousands of content creators today that are known on various platforms. If you spend time on that platform, you've come across this particular person. And those guys and girls, they are content creators of the future. And so we're, people are going to say, well, we want that content. How do we bring them into this environment? How do we create um, a space where, you know, our customers want to come and enjoy our space? And how do we, so how do we do that? Well, we bring in these independent content creators. You're going to, I think we're going to see an explosion of brands um, partnering with and working with these content creators all across the spectrum. And like you said, it's going to be a huge industry boom, um, creating a new industry out of, you know, kind of a hobby, if you will. Um, so I think it's going to be awesome. I, I do think there's a, a word of caution <laughs> for, for some businesses who, who kind of look at this and say, yeah, let's definitely do that. Let's go with the content creators. I think you can do that with the content creators um, because of how you work with, with that segment of the population. I don't think you can do that from a pure technology standpoint, right? To build your store in the metaverse or to build out features and functionality for your, um, your store in the metaverse simply because of how interacting with technologists works, right? That, that's your internal knowledge, right? So you really need to either own it and, and build it internally, which we know brands often don't have that skill set and nor should they, right? Because their, their business is about fashion or their business is about products. It's not about coding. <laughs> so you need to partner with someone who knows how to do that um, so that you, um, so that they are ramping up your internal skills, but you also retain that knowledge and it doesn't walk away every, you know, 2080 hours when, when someone has to go off and go sit on the bench for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it's the, the industry is going to be, it, I think it's going to be a huge change in how the industry is unfolding. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. And also, I think now that we have talked a lot about sustainability, fashion and whatnot, you mentioned it a little bit already. And I think uh, it's also one of the big trends that we need to discuss, which is basically like retail space and future commerce, right? Because uh, one thing that you mentioned when we were uh, discussing uh, the, 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 the recording of the podcast, right, that I thought was really interesting was that before you know, shopping used to be kind of a social thing that you would do as a group, right? Which I right. never thought about it, but it makes total sense. But now this whole experience is going to be, you know, transformed, you know, literally as a whole. Uh, and, and like, I, we already talked about sustainability, for example, like uh, we don't even have to mention the amount of waste reduction we're going to have with all of these you know, transformation, but like with this whole experience of, you know, future commerce that you said, you know, and the fact that e-commerce has become, e-commerce is kind of an individual thing, you know, and we come, you know, as a society from like, we used to have this experience as a group. So tell, tell us more about that, you know, this kind of, the, the changes for retail and this kind of future commerce concept. Sure. Or, or edge commerce, as I like to call it, because um, it is out there on the edge a bit, but it, it's fun. So I think you're exactly right. If you go back, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years, people shopping at marketplaces, it, it was always a social event. I mean, sure, you may maybe you went out uh, to the marketplace on your own, but there were friends there. There were people you, um, you, you socialize with folks. Maybe you grabbed a drink, you had a conversation and then you went back home or went back to, to wherever you lived. Right. It's been that way forever until we created the internet. <laughs> right. So when we created the internet, the internet was all about consumption, right. Reading, learning. And it was very, you know, kind of one-sided. Here's a bunch of information for whoever to consume it. And so the natural evolution of that was here is a store 
here's a bunch of products for you to, to look at and, and you know navigate through and decide what you want, put it in a cart and buy it. Well, that's not how people shop. People don't shop that way. And that's one thing that COVID really kind of bought, brought to the forefront for me was the the struggle that a lot of folks had. They used to go shopping as a, and I call it shopping as like a team sport, right? They would go out and, and do this thing together. And even if they didn't buy anything, it was a way to, to, to socialize and to look and bounce ideas off of each other. Um, and so when we talk about the metaverse and, and future commerce and edge commerce, we are looking at ways to bring that back, to introduce humanity back into how we shop and how we, um, how we live life really online. Right. Everything online is really one sided. You're just consuming a bunch of data. Right. Um, you're, like you said, you're looking at your wall. You're looking at your stream. It's just text and, and data and pictures flowing and it's all bombarding you. But you're not really having a genuine connection, a human connection to anyone else that's there. Right. It's kind of manufactured. So the metaverse is will give us a way to do that and bring that back. Um, and so when we talk about commerce, Again, what if you had a, a, you know, imagine having a digital environment where you could actually speak to the desires of your customers, not just show them a bunch of products on a grid, but create a space where they feel like, man, like, wow, I'm in this space. I I can envision it. I love it. Um, A place where they could be who they want. So they didn't have to go in as themselves. Maybe they didn't feel like getting out of bed that day. Maybe they're under the weather. They put on their digital avatar and they can go through the space and look how they, how their mind's eye has them looking, right? Where they could also go hang out with their friends and, and just hang out in, with their friends and also maybe build a relationship with one of your key influencers or a, a particular store associate. Right. Um, I know when we look at ex- exclusivity and, and um, I forget the manufacturer, but there's a, a bag, a particular bag called a Birkin bag. Very, very expensive bags. And I don't know how much of this is, is, is entirely accurate. So people can fact check me if they want. But but as an individual, you can't simply go buy a Birkin bag. You, you essentially have to be invited to buy a Birkin bag. Right. It, it, there's an exclusivity factor. So how do you do that? Well, you have to know one of the store associates. You have to have made um, prior purchases. They kind of have to know who you are. You have to have a relationship. So the metaverse gives us a way to build stronger relationships with partic- with a brand or brands that you like and brands that you uh, enjoy. Now, some people will say, well, if you can't afford to come to Paris and come to our store and have a relationship, then you don't need to buy a product. OK, I get that. That that's one way to look at it, but I think you I think larger scale you can create a better environment or sorry larger scale you can create a better relationship with even a company like Keen, right? Keen Footwear located here in Portland. There are people who love Keen shoes. You can get them anywhere um, you want, but who comes to Portland? Not a, there are not a ton of people who just come to Portland to go to a to go see Keen. Um, right. But if you really love the brand, you love what they're all about, you love their story, the metaverse gives you a way to do that. Um, so I think it's going to be phenomenal. Um, and I think that we're going to see virtual try on right now today. Um, returns are a massive drag <laughs> on the PL for, 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 um, for retail companies, right? Because people order this size and that size, and maybe they order five versions of the same product because they don't know what's going to fit. Um, we still have these kind of antiquated ways. Well, what size pants do you wear? What size pant, uh, jeans do you wear? And Levi, if you wear this, then this size and our brand should fit. Why is it that I can't take a pose, a picture of myself in an A pose or a T pose and then turn sideways And then you grab all those measurements, right? Ask me how much I weigh, ask me my height, right? And people lie and fib, that's why we need to take the picture to kind of get its shape. (laughs) Um, And then take that 3D garment, the 3D version of that product or jacket, and then put it on the avatar and show how it's going to actually fit, right? Not just how long it's gonna be on you because your torso is this long, but I mean, actually show the tension points, the pressure points. So when I move my arms up, it will show 
you know, it goes from green to maybe yellow. If I go too high, it's in red. That lets you know, hey, that's about as far as that's going to go. That's probably a bit small. Maybe you need to bump up to the next size, right? I think we're going to see an explosion of this kind of technology, right, to solve some of these problems, right? Again, driving down costs, driving down returns, right? And that increases value for these retail companies. So I think we're going to see tons of that. Um, and again, if you're not if you're not looking to be immersive first, right, and in the metaverse first, I think you're gonna be in trouble. Um, that's just that's just my my opinion on it. Um, I do love the space. I think it's awesome. I'm really excited about it. But it, it's um, it's coming. This is where we are. Yeah, and and imagine like uh, what is what is the 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 benefit of that for the brand itself? Because like as you as you were saying, like for example, and I'm pretty sure this is probably gonna happen. Like uh, there's going to be certain stores or certain brands that deliver such a cool experience in their metaverse space that people just want to hang out in there, and this is definitely going to increase your like people are gonna purchase more because they're gonna be in there they're gonna be seeing your products and they're gonna know that you created that experience just like balenciaga did because balenciaga if you think of it like it's not a normal you know uh consumer type of brand that is accessible for everyone it's not accessible for everyone but the experiences that they create get them closer to their target audience and they can sell more you know and 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 just for for a person that is there consuming having this amazing experience definitely brings you together with your friends and and and, and kind of brings you closer to that brand you know and also like from from a different standpoint from from like the 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 the, the point of view of the company like imagine the amount of data they are going to be able to gather from users that hang out in your your space every day like what are they talking about you're gonna know you know what are the subjects that they like you're gonna know like what are the problems that your brand is solving for them you're gonna know because you're, they're gonna be in there in your space and you're gonna have control of your of that space of course that like we're not gonna discuss you know privacy matters now because that's a huge thing as well but you're gonna have a lot more information about your target audience than you have today in a physical store so imagine what you can do with that how much your brand can grow and how much uh your marketing can leverage from that how much your sales are going to go up if you have those types of key informations about your target audience right and as you said like also the customized experience is also a big thing I think you're 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 right on. I mean, if you think about a, a 2D site, a, a traditional website, if I'm scrolling down the product wall and I stop, do you know if I'm looking at that product or did my kid come in? Or did I step away to use the restroom? You have no idea. You know I stopped, but that's about it. In in a 3D world where you're moving, you know, you're kind of twitching and moving things along, if you stop to look at something, you're gonna have to interact with that product. You gotta actually press, you know, somehow touch the screen to then bring up the details for that product. If you then have a 3D version of the product and not just 2D pictures, now we're still gonna have a bunch of 2D pictures, but you're also gonna have a 3D way to look at that product. You're gonna be spinning that product around. You're gonna be zooming in on it, zooming back out. You may be clicking it and put it, put it on your avatar to see how it looks on you. You're gonna be interacting. Right. And, 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 and so if you stop interacting, when we talk about um, how video games are measured, if you've ever played a video game that was a role playing game or something like that, when you stop moving the controller or stop moving your character, they all of a sudden pretty quickly they go into this idle pose. And that lets you know from, like you said, from tracking, trying to understand what your consumers are doing, that lets you know they are actually idle. Maybe they stepped away. Maybe their kids stepped away. So I can, I don't, so I'm not, inflating my my time like oh they're really involved and they're really looking at this product no <laughs> they probably went away to the restroom they got hungry who cares but i'm not going to count that as interactive time you know what i mean so so the the metrics that you can gather are going to be so rich so rich um and i think that brings you back to you know like you said earlier right the, the companies that, that that dive in here are going to be awesome i think businesses have to adopt they got to fail fast and fail forward right if they're we, a lot of times we see businesses move really slowly for fear of making a mistake and that was probably a sound strategy years ago 
But right now with the metaverse and, and the world at large, it moves at such an accelerated pace. Moving slowly is actually a detriment at this time, right? You got to stay abreast of what the industry is doing, where your customers are evolving. You have to accelerate to meet your customers where they are in a meaningful way. Right. So those small stumbles, those large stumbles, no one cares. As long as you're quickly moving to fix it on the internet, yeah, you made a mistake. Okay. Like as long as you address it quickly and don't let it leak, <laughs> right? Especially from a technology perspective, those wobbles, no one cares, right? So, but if you're moving really slowly and you're not keeping up, right? You're gonna alienate those customers. And like you said, they're gonna be over here with the cool kid who has this amazing experience and they're gonna start buying that product and they're gonna spend all their time, their dwell time there. And we know if you increase dwell time by 1%, there's like an, a, a, there's a, you know, an exponential increase in the amount of purchasing that happens there. Right. So you just can't be in an analysis paralysis phase at this point. You have to get all go all in, use an agile mindset um, and just go. And your whole or, your whole organization is going to have to shift. Right. So you can't just say, oh, let, let's create this department over here and let them go do stuff like your whole entire mindset has to shift uh, in order to to, to kind of meet the, the meet the, the challenges um, of the metaverse and, and take advantage. Definitely, definitely. And uh, the, in the last episode of the podcast, I was talking to Tony and Tony actually worked at the Future House Studios, right? And they develop all of these events for companies, right? That uh, their employees would go into these events. I actually also did a post a little bit about that today on LinkedIn. Like, um, and one of the things that he said that I, I felt was really, really in interesting was that like, uh, they thought that basically the employees would just get into the the digital event, right? The digital experience and just watch the, like whatever was relevant for them uh, as employees, or maybe like something that was kind of an official event of the company, you know, they would watch that and then leave. But they actually developed all of these experiences that users could intera interact with after this like important part of the event was gone. And they were actually very surprised to see that many people just decided to stick around and just interact with those experiences. And I think this applies directly to these virtual spaces that we're talking about. Like, imagine, like, I, I cannot help but imagine, like, uh, what if Nike decided to open a virtual store that has, like, this immersive experience and it's available worldwide, you know? Right. Like, uh, imagine the amount of people that would, like, just probably pay money to be in there, you know, and the set of experiences that they will have inside that store, you know, and how this would just skyrocket their sales, you know, like this, this whole interaction and the amount of data that Nike would get from that, you know, like from, from what are the users talking about? Like what, what were their favorite products that they just, you know, like interacted the most with, you know, uh, and the connections that Nike fans are going to make at those places, you know, like meet some other like-minded kind of Nike evangelists, you know, like it's just, it's just so many possibilities. And, and, and again, like, just like we were talking just now, like the, the waste reduction that you're going to have with that, like this is the whole sustainability, you know, and the fact that people are going to be expressing themselves as they, they, they think they should, you know, without any, without any judgment, without any boundaries, you know, like without any, like they can be whoever they want. And with the virtual try-ons, as you said, as well, like, Uh, eventually we're going to have technologies that are going to support that fully. So imagine like this future, right? Well, I can imagine it. I've been, I've been trying to reach Nike about this, uh, by the way, um, <laughs> I've done, I, I actually did a, a ton of work for Nike for uh, probably a decade, if not longer. Um, but, but I, I think you're absolutely spot on again. Imagine Nike having that store, like you said, and they have these products. Well, what if you created digital products that you haven't even made physically first and let people interact with it? Well, if no one interacted with this product, you now know, I actually don't need to produce that. That won't be a flop. I can, but I really do need to produce this one that we didn't necessarily think would be that hot. 
right? Or maybe um, introduce a collab with um, Off-White or Sakai and, and bring those in and maybe have two or three versions. And you can now figure out which ones to actually physically make. Right. So you actually have the demand plan before making anything. And then you can say, OK, well, let's go to one of our uh, you know, faster manufacturers, uh, most likely here in the States, uh, somewhere where you can produce you know, small batches really quickly because these people placed orders. Right. I don't need to I need to I don't need to build millions of them. That's how these collabs work anyways. Uh, But I don't need to build millions. I'll build a couple, you know, hundreds and then I can produce them quickly and ship them. Now you're responding to what your customers demand. Right. You're starting to shift now instead of saying instead of going to these fashion shows and saying, here's our new product and trying to build the demand, trying to create demand out of thin air. You can just digitally put out a you know, lots of different things and then see what resonates, right? If you really wanted to do it, you could go after your highest um, or your most valuable customers and bring them into an exclusive part of the store and show them what you're thinking about making, right? Um, And then ship them some early prototypes. I mean, the sneaker heads, um, you know, they don't really want to be called that these days, but the, but the real sneaker heads, man, if you gave them a, a, a special spot to go hang out and it was a hundred of them worldwide and you said, and they basically got to vote on out of five shoes here to two, we're going to make, and you tell them, I'll give you, I'll ship these to you guys. If you place your orders today, I'll ship them in, in three weeks to you. And they know they're going to have those sneakers six months before the rest of the world does <laughs> come on <laughs> the, the the experience there is is bonkers right the experience there is going to be off the chain and and i know nike uh looks like you know based on some article i read and i don't know where it was but you know they are the masters of creating demand Right. And, and part of the issue that they're I think they're grappling with, according to this article, was they they're able to create such a huge amount of demand, but they're not producing enough of the product, especially these kind of unlimited releases or collabs. They're not producing enough product to to, you know, um, to quench the thirst. Right. To, to actually put enough product out there for all the people who wanted that product. They're, they're not able to do that. So they're a little bit nervous um, and they're working through trying to figure out some some creative ways in doing that. I just think there. I think there. There are ways to to do things here digitally, um, even a digital product, right? If you buy the physical product, we're going to give you the digital product too to prove authenticity, right? So we know that there's um, the Aurora uh, Aurora Blockchain Consortium, I believe it is, um, but it's it's built by LVMH and. Prada and there's one more that I'm forgetting, but they all came together. We were talking about working together. They all came together and said, Hey, we want to, we want to help figure out how to reduce um, counterfeit products, right. In the luxury space. So they created, you know, a blockchain, (laughs) a registry, and each time they produce, you know, these products, they're putting a reg, they're putting the, the mark or they're registering it on the blockchain right with with the number or somehow so you can track this is an authentically produced you know product from one of our companies right they came together to do this and so i said well why don't you go a step further yes absolutely produce that product put a you know register it here but go ahead and produce the digital version too and when somebody buys it give them both and let them use it on their digital self in the metaverse or on social media or whatever, but also then give them the physical product and they're both registered. And if they want to now sell it, you now have, essentially it's an NFT, right? You can now sell that and say, here's the physical product, here's the NFT, and then write it to the registry. It transferred hands from this person to this person. So now the chain of ownership is always there. You always know this is an authentic bag or authentic product. It's And if it's stolen, I can actually mark on the registry, this was stolen. So if you get this from someone else and you find yourself in possession, that was stolen from someone else. So now you, <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there's so many things that we could be looking at and thinking about um, and, and pushing the envelope on. I'm, I'm really excited for what's coming um, and I could talk forever. So 
<laughs> awesome, awesome. Unfortunately, we're not gonna be <laughs> able to talk forever. But like, I think that for those of you who follow up with us until now, like you can see the endless possibilities of the metaverse, right? So if you were kind of, you know, like not sure about what the metaverse is and what the possibilities are, I hope this this episode was helpful for you. So we're gonna wrap it up now. And uh, Diedrich, again, thank you very much, man, for, for being here. And just, this was an amazing, amazing conversation. Lots of insights. I hope, you know, for those of you who are listening, hope you guys enjoyed it and just gave you like a, a little bit of a, a tip of the iceberg that it's about to come, right? <laughs> of the metaverse. Yeah. And so, Diedrich, thank you very much. And, uh, and yeah, like how, if anyone that is listening wants to follow you, how can they find you or how can they maybe hire your services? Feel free to leave your 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 handles your your instagram or whatever you want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah on ig uh it's at real Diedrich boyd and, and Diedrich is a funny word a funny name uh it's d-e-d-r-i-c-k um and then if, uh linkedin is just Diedrich boyd so awesome. um, that's how you can find me and, and get in touch and uh, we'd love to talk about the metaverse and, and actually bring some concrete things to life Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. And that's it, you guys. If you want to follow me, you know how to find me on LinkedIn, Eli Santos, E-L-Y-S-A-N-T-O-S. Okay. So please feel free to get in touch as well. Let's talk about the metaverse and make some projects a reality in the digital world. <laughs> All right. So again, Diedrich, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone that has listened until this point, and uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode.